dude hey we're back we're back it's good to see you man podcast time it's been a while this is great i feel like we were gone for so long we were gone for so long. we were on a roll we were doing it once a week i mostly blame myself that's okay you got to take trips once in a while you got to take i don't know where my beer is here we go it's very important this beer is uh, this podcast is not sponsored by pilsner urkel and or bell's oberon thanks for having us cheers to that cheers been up to bro man i don't know just not not casting just kind of you know looking at just not casting yeah uh no you got to take vacations once in a while everybody's got to take breaks you know well i wish it it wasn't really much of a vacation i was moving yeah uh you know that's that's pretty horrible everybody's got to move but anyways i'm in now and we're here we're We're in a new space if it sounds different we're in a new studio i don't think it will if anything i think it might sound a little cleaner because uh, I don't have to be, I'm not right up on, Ooh, as I kick the microphone, I, I'm not right up on my laptop like mm-hmm. I was before. And I was hearing some noise and it was really bothering me yeah. a little quieter in here, but you know, we'll see. In fact, uh, last episode I experimented with, uh, a new plugin to remove some noise. Ooh, it's called X noise okay. by waves and you can sort of manually set the parameters, but there's also a learn mode where mm-hmm. you kind of, you just let it play with the noise for a while and then it kind of figures out where the buzz or whatever is is coming from. And so just, it works like, for like hum- humming and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I was getting this. I, I think I was hearing the fan from the laptop and it killed it. It's okay. a, it's kind of amazing. If you can take it too far and then it starts to like chop off the top of your vocals and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But man, I was super impressed with how clean it is. But anyways, yeah, noise. So we're using it right now? No, well, I mean, I, I'm only going to use it if if it's noisy once I go to edit. Oh, it's like a post saying? thing. It's okay. a post thing. Cool, cool. We'll just we'll just do it in post. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. Yeah. So uh, what's uh, what's going on with you in the gears these days? I feel like we haven't had enough time to really well, sync up on that kind of stuff. Uh, I lost I lost out on a 1977 jazz bass last night. What do you What do you need with a 1977 I jazz? Bass? I don't. But when the price, I mean, when the price is so good, and it was pretty much all original. You can't pass it up. I think they were asking like nine fifty for it. What? Seventy seven. And I think seventy seven. They claim it's a refin. Well, here's the best part. My yeah, friend. Yeah, tell me more. So my friends, my friend sends it to me. My buddy Paul, who sold you the uh, Gretsch. We got to get Paul on the cast. We do. He seems like a, the kind of guy that has a lot of guitars in and out. You know what? Let's get him on like next week or something. Because I saw him on the fourth, and he he definitely wants to be on. Sweet. He'll talk here all day. Because we are now officially a podcast that sometimes has guests. Yeah, it's official. We did it. Yeah, if you guys uh, listened, we had Dan Liu on as our first guest in the last episode. So he'll never listen again. So I'm not going to shout it out. <laughs> he got out of it what he needed, and I don't blame him. He used us. He did. But we used yeah, him. That's we great. did. Yeah, we used each other. Um, so he sent he sends me this uh, he sends me this '77 jazz bass black. I think it's a, they claim it's a refin, but I'll be honest, the finish looks original to me. So I'm, I'm excited to, to pop it open. But uh, he goes nine fifty, and I'm like, okay, like on reverb. It was on reverb, and he Dude. goes he goes I, I threw, how long was it up before he bought it? He goes I threw an offer for seven fifty. I go bro, just buy it for nine fifty. Exactly. What are you doing? It's under. I mean, you could sell it right now as it is for probably like fifteen sixteen hundred. I go, what are you doing? And uh, then he goes, okay, I just bought it. Somebody needed that cash. <laughs> so, so he bought it. I will get to play it, but uh, I, I won't get to keep it. So what we're going to mm. do is the only uh, non-original parts is it has a, um, a badass bridge, an original badass bridge, which is actually pretty collectible in itself. So we're going to get an original barrel saddle bridge for it. Really? Yeah. I like the badass bridge. I do too. I, I really do. But it's, is, he, is it going to be a player or is no, he going to flip it? No, he's going to restore oh. it and then flip it. You know, He'll keep it for a little while you know, and play it and stuff, mm-hmm. but... At the end of the day, he doesn't get attached to gear the way I do. So, yeah, um, and it, it needs new tuners too. But other than that, um, so we're gonna find a pair of either reissue or um, or period correct tuners to put on it. So, so shout out to Paul. Congrats on the score, man. I wish I wish I had uh, gear news that exciting. Well, the one funny thing is, and, and this will wrap it up. But uh, somebody I, I follow the hashtag Vintage Base on Instagram. Obviously, I've sent you a few links. I think before. Just a couple. so somebody posts last night. Um, didn't get a chance to get our hands on that one. Just missed it. And they posted that bass from Reverb. Oh, that. Okay. I saw Did you, I send I that saw to you? you? No, you tagged, you tagged the Gear Hunks Instagram. That's shout right. out. Shout, shout out Instagram. <laughs> What's up, Instagram? I thought it was so. But then I said, subscribe to Gear Hunks and we'll talk about it. So if you guys are we listening. We did. Holy shit. We followed through. We followed through. Accidentally. And if, and if those me. guys listen, I'm really sorry that we snatched that out from under you. Cause, but you know, not really. But if you want to buy it, it will probably be back on the market soon. So maybe I'll for tag those guys when it goes up for a premium, <laughs> of course. 
but with the uh, the proper accoutrement. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what do you got for me, man? What's the latest in well, your I news? I mean, world? I moved, so yeah. You know, for me, it's been it's been uh, a lot of packing and unpacking things. In the meantime, I did uh, take a quick trip out to the mountains to hang out with Miguel. Yeah. Uh, in outside of outside of Denver, in a wow. place called Dillon. We we went to, we were in a few different places. We stayed in Dillon. Uh, we visited uh, Silverthorn. Uh, I'm now like awkwardly looking in the distance to see, <laughs> see if, if she gave me the okay. She's eye correcting you exactly. right now. Uh, Frisco, which is just a darling little mining town. Nice. Uh, Idaho Falls. We did a lot of very um, outdoorsy. outdoorsy things because I guess that's what people do in outdoorsy that's places. What everybody does in Colorado. That, I that feel like everyone's every everybody does that. Really yeah. good shape out there. They all have Subarus. Yeah, they're all. Packs. They've all got great calf muscles <laughs> great calf calves muscles mm-hmm. uh and um it was uh, you know i gotta say it like i'm i'm I, i'm not typically much of an outdoorsman but mm-hmm. i enjoyed it man it was pretty yeah. cool do you think you could adapt do you think you could do oh fuck no Absolutely <laughs> not. i said while we were there i was like i mean this is cool but i could never want this to i, I never want this to be my day-to-day lifestyle right which is why i actually think i liked it then because it isn't like something i do all the time yeah. necessarily it's and i get to go in the i learned i learned dude okay did you know that there's something called the wilderness and, I, and when i say that i know mm. that i sound like a total idiot because everybody's heard the word wilderness right but there is wilderness as described to me like you know air quotes capital w wilderness that is a real distinction with by like the government and shit okay where like there are all these rules that like you can't change it like to back to be any different than from before when you know basically like people live there and stuff so yeah. like you know, basically, I could shred my Martin, but I could not bust out a Les Paul and a practice amp and play there. Like, no real, like, machinery. It's only, like, really? acoustic type things. There's, like, the bridges are there. That, like, if they exist, they're only, like, you know, as they basically would have been back then. Yeah. And there's, like, you, you walk in and there's, like, signs. It's, like, this is the wilderness, like, from here on. So, it's like, a town? It's, no. It's area? like a, it's like a It's, like, a sort of, like, a national park or something right. like that. It's, like, a distinction. Cool. It's, like, protected land. Oh, that, yeah. And it is, like, it is is wild dude like we i saw a real waterfall yeah not like water running down the gutter off the side of my apartment <laughs> building i <laughs> right. saw a fucking waterfall dude Whoa, it was no nuts. shit man and like flowers that if you if you pick them they like you can like go to jail and yeah. stuff dude. yeah it was, but it was super protected. it was pretty cool i did get eaten up by mosquitoes did you because i've got that sweet sweet italian blood did you see any uh mountain lions or anything like that oh man i there, there were signs for stuff, yeah, and I've heard about coyotes. Like I think are out there, moose and whatnot, yeah. But uh, I, I did not experience any. Wow, of those. that's beautiful. See, I would love to to go visit a place that's like never been touched, and it's not you're not allowed to like mess with it. Like, that's what it is. Really and there are there apparently preserve. we need this. What I'm told and I'm now learning is that there's like this this awareness problem around this because I I'm 34 years old and I've n- I had no idea this was even a concept. I probably right. sound like a total idiot broadcasting this to the world right well, now. Well, we know the basics, but, like you're not supposed to litter and stuff like that. Well, of course, but I'm saying that there is a, this thing called wilderness that's like totally restricted there are rules yeah. and there are fences and shit like to get in and out like and beyond this that's it's super like cool. it's like nature you wow know? do you have nature. to leave like at night you can't go there at night i don't believe you're probably wouldn't to want camp to there at night. Probably the, i don't think so probably when the predators come out you, you can camp there there are very yeah, strict rules. I believe it. See, probably can't even have like a, a Bluetooth. This is speaker. we don't we don't we have a strict no internet policy uh, yeah. while doing this podcast, but we are okay with girlfriends who know things that are more than me. Yeah, if we have a, it's kind of like a half guest in a way. Exactly, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, now, I know about the wilderness thing. Now, I, I I didn't know about that earlier. I was going to ask you, aside from like the wilderness thing, would you ever set up like I've I've seen some beautiful studios where they're out in like the mountains mm-hmm. and there's nothing around it but then you go into this like house and they've got all the all the gear that you'd want to use and everything yeah. does anything like that ever appeal to you oh yeah the seclusion thing yeah. I mean part of me as someone who just out of principle hates basically Bon Iver and people that try to be like that <laughs> and that's what he did right uh, I do oh it's, it's such a romantic idea awesome. and I, I I I think splitting the difference mm-hmm. sounds like the best to me where because i there's there's also the you want to be accessible to people yeah right so unless you're like unless you can book a, a month in a place where and you have those kinds of clients and you have that kind of budget right i think the sort of like city aspect of it um 
makes more sense for me. Yeah, it would be cool know? to go visit a, a studio like that. Abs- oh, absolutely. And, like, stay there for to. a week or two or something. Yeah, you know, like, borrow somebody. I guess, or, you know, find somebody that has a sweet, you know, mountain house set or, up. or some sort of like lake house or something like that. Just bring these two racks that yeah. I've got sitting behind me, a couple microphones and get to work. Dude, I've always wanted to do that. That's, so but cool. that's, that's kind of what I'm... I'm trying to develop that sort of uh, oasis at mm-hmm. my home now. Like I'm, yeah. that, that's kind of the plan is to, to make this like between this and our practice space, I can record everything. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. And plus you live here. So it's and, pretty and the comfort. Yeah. yeah. It's a comfort. That's I mean, where, where Dave is sitting right now is, is just a, it's, it's just, it's a comfortable chair, but it's a, it's, it's an office chair. There will be a nice couch and, and that sort of, thing I might even try casting from the couch next time. If it's here, I insist. And I would like, you know, just really kick my feet up and really, just get relaxed that's that's a plan i mean you can and then so there's that i'm pointing towards the other big bay window on the other side of the room and that's going to be like a little reading nook uh-huh. with a nice uh, a nice chair there and oh, yeah. it gets all it gets all the light sophie uh, is loving the sunspots already yeah yeah she's and then i'm cool. thinking the other the music room that's like where like mostly guitars and stuff will be but right. that is also i'm thinking of that just kind of as like isolation room i can crank some amps in there throw some mics on and close the door and mm-hmm. you know did it take you a long time to get your setup back up and running and everything? You know, it wasn't as bad as you might think because I've got these racks set up where I basically just like unhook the cables in the back, throw them in and then go. What do you think about being on like the ground level now? You know, it's, you know, I thought it was going to be worse, but it, because I am, I'm, I'm not like straight ground level. It is raised, you yeah. know, however, four steps or whatever sure. it's, it's a little distracting if I'm sitting there with the windows open, mm-hmm. like, cause I'm just constantly people watching, but right. I, all I do is just close the window and then I'm fine. I got to be careful about like my nudity, but it's been the, I will say the bit, like the best thing about movie has been kind of like being forced to take inventory in some ways, yeah. like, because obviously I do literally keep an inventory on a spreadsheet, but you know, when you don't see the stuff a lot, you forget. Right. And so it's like, Oh yeah, I do play harmonica i forgot about that have i have harmonic- i have a full set of harmonicas that i forgot that i literally yeah. play uh you know just things like that and also it's forced me to like you can see that pile over there that's that's not even the gear yet i'm selling a bunch of stuff right now okay so it's like forcing me to just like take inventory of the things that i don't actually want anymore and then you know the idea is that i will i will i will sell all that stuff and then turn that into something another piece of cool gear that's the idea, right? Yeah, that's I mean, the idea. And plus, I've got the piano sitting right there now, which yeah. I'm very excited about. Uh, did you have to tune it up or anything? Yet, it or? is. It definitely got knocked out of tune. It's 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 like close enough for Yaz, but yeah. not uh, not really in tune. I was talking to um to my buddy Johnny, who we also got to get on here, who you yes, met, we who we did the recording with, and uh, he um we were talking about the uh, the piano. It's the what is it? The CP70. Yeah, CP70B. Yeah, and he was saying actually the nice thing about moving something like that is those are made to be moved. Yes, they are. So they don't go as out of tune as like say a standard upright. Or right. Something like yeah. That. And Stingray, shout out Stingray. I'm talking to your mic right now. Uh, <laughs> he did tune it for me before and taught me how to do it. Yeah. I, I might give it a shot, but I'm also afraid I might make things worse. Yeah. Uh, because there is temperament involved. It's not just you're not supposed to just tune it directly to a perfect you're note not just every time, cranking and yeah. or it's going to sound a little it's not going to sound right right um so and it's also an excuse to get him over what what i'm thinking is we'll just get him over do a little piano tuning yeah do a little podcast talk about it on the cast talk about it on the cast love it so yeah i would say that's been the stuff do you you know i, I will say that um and and this could be like a little tip section here mm-hmm. that i did i did ruminate a bit on what it's like being a musician and moving yeah and or or having a studio and moving so i thought maybe we could we could wrap on that a little bit i've got a couple yeah, let's talk about it a couple things that i just feel like maybe uh might be worth talking about here the first thing mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm thinking about is something that we've actually talked about on the podcast before and that's the idea of saving boxes mm-hmm. and when moving mm-hmm. holy shit is it nice to have a box for almost everything everything put it you know it's probably already got some padding in there it's mm-hmm. got some foam some some air bubble type material you don't even have to think about it. And then like pedals, for instance, I had at le- boxes for at least half of those. Then they just go in a big box. Boom. That's my pedal box. Yeah. Right and there. then, you know, it, which ones are in there. Cause they all, they're all in their respective. Boxes. They're all in there. And then when, and when I decide to sell a bunch of them, which I'm probably going to now mm-hmm. look, guess what? I've already got them with the box because I already went through the work of packing. People really love having the boxes. Like when you sell them, I've noticed it's much that. more valuable. And that's I weird. keep, 
I keep the original packing material. Yeah. I keep the plastic, the instructions, the instructions all yeah. that crap just right. in the box. Why not? Yeah. And then I keep them in a bigger box when I'm not using them. Granted, now, as this place is a bit smaller storage wise than my previous place, I am feeling that a little bit because now it's like, damn, I don't just have a huge back porch that I can just dump boxes just dump on stuff anymore. In. So I do have to be a little bit more thoughtful. I'm a big fan of the breakdown. Just cut it and then just put it back together when you need that's, to. That's probably something that's going to have to happen. It's like a large box. I think. Yeah. yeah. For the, and then And then you just like take those small boxes line them up in the large box yeah. and there you go and then nice guess what when you go to sell all that stuff you're gonna get 10 bucks more for each pedal that you have oh hell yeah man and uh yeah, yeah that's a good like tip 10 bucks more so you you think keep the boxes keep i, the boxes I always the say i always say keep the boxes yeah. uh the other the other thing that i noticed and you and i talked about this is um you know i've i realized that i own i own 21 guitars oh is that that was the count that was the, the official count, including str- i should say stringed instruments right you yeah know, banjo and ukulele and yeah. whatever, or not ukulele mandolin i don't own a, uk- a uk yet even though did you count the first acts oh the both mini guitars both absolutely minis. did yeah. uh but so i was very happy that i had cases for as many as i did but also realized that i don't have cases for 10 of those guitars right and that's that's kind of not ideal yeah i mean do you go buy cases for guitars that you really don't maybe play that often or that you wouldn't use i mean no, what well, i'll tell you that? what i did do yeah i and this was this was not planned this just kind of happened and it worked out great so i've got that seven guitar stand mm-hmm. i believe it's made by rock case which was owned by owned by warwick back in the day i don't think that's even a company anymore necessarily but it's basically it's not like a full-on road travel case for guitars but it's not as wimpy or flimsy as just like a regular one of those like skinny tube seven guitar stands mm-hmm. it's got like it folds down into its own case that right. looks like a guitar case it's, it's perfect little, for like a, a studio substantial I, I love that thing yeah it, it's actually great for live too yeah because then you just carry it like a guitar case and then everybody who has you know say you've got two guitar players and a bass player right there's you and all your backups you can have right backup, there yeah Absolutely. So what I ended up doing is throwing a blanket over that. Mm-hmm. I covered the whole thing. Chicago Bears blanket. Nice. What up, Bears? What up, Bears? Shout out to the Bears. Shout out entire Chicago Bears organization. <laughs> yes. Then just saran wrap the outside of that mother. And moving it was so easy. It was, I didn't have to worry about anything. I mean, it. they just, it, you move it in one fell swoop. And then just cut the saran off when you get back. And then you just cut the saran off when Dude. you get back. No harm. No, it doesn't scratch the guitars. You know, doesn't. And stick and granted, to them. so the 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 guitars that I do have cases for are my better guitars, right, right? Right. So the ones that are on there aren't necessarily all that valuable. I, th- I think the most expensive one is that PRS, the uh, yeah baritone. Yeah, that thing's cool. Which you know, that's what like maybe eight hundred dollar guitar. Right. Anyways, nothing to turn your nose up it, but it's not like I was throwing bursts on there. Yeah, your your Les Paul was. But I there. did notice. So I've got I pulled the Martin out of the case. It was dead nuts in tune when i pulled it out huh. i could not believe it after moving it, and i mean i didn't play that guitar for at least a week maybe right. a week and a half right i could not pull and it was moved i like it was on a big old moving truck yeah it was super into i could not i was shocked do you have get, like tuning issues with it if you leave it out usually do you find but i mean I, no no not at oh, all okay. actually but still like i just assume that any guitar i'm going to take out of the case after movers are moving it sure. it's not like these are like you know they're not like white glove like fancy situation these were just like muscly mover dudes so you throwing did shit around. you did let the movers move I sure guitars. Did. i brought i brought the guitars down but they wound up loading everything onto the truck and they did, they weren't just like chucking them in the truck i right? didn't i don't think so <laughs> i guess I mean, you would know see. now yeah. you'd know by but now I'm sure. that's what i was so again that's just sort of what i was yeah. expecting and preparing myself for and then i pull the guitar out and i just strummed the open strings and it was wow that's a beautiful thing that was a beautiful isn't there, thing. there's no better feeling than picking up a guitar and being like oh thank you for staying in tune thank for you because i don't want to spend time right now you know dude i don't know i, th- I think the, the only other thing that i really wanted to say about the uh about the the moving mm-hmm. was how good it felt to have sort of this forced reset yeah we're obviously sitting in a very similar setup to what we've been using for a long time it's basically the same gear but i have it it's it by i'm forced to have it uh, whereas before the interface was on my right now it's on my left just by the flow of the room sure this idea of doing this reboot reboot reset has been it's been really refreshing for me even just like having all my guitars in the closet and realizing like oh yeah i guess i don't need to have 20 of them around right now like i can just have a couple and feel good about it just have them out yeah it's kind of it's it's felt really good and sort of uh, like a cleanse Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways Plus, you get to redo all the cables and like kind of just make plug everything in nice and like uh twisty tie up stuff and like make it all real nice and i i i I get hard for cable (laughs) right look at like the one that's right on top you got that xlr just like coiled up perfectly right there 
and in fairness, I though I always do keep those ones perfect, you, but you I'm I am I am really looking forward to getting behind the computer once everything's dialed in and just like z- z- zip ties, zip ties and yeah, velcros of all the stuff. I've got the new I've got the uh, foam set up back here with the base traps. I actually I have extra foam that I'm going to bring to the space. Oh, cool! Especially like we were talking about putting above, above the, drum the drums. Kit. I think yep. that's a really good idea. I've gotta, I still have to get above me because I ran out of long or long nails. I've got to put the foam above my head. Yeah. Um, but this is as it's going to be, and then there will be a couch there absorbing all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was saying, um, like when I first got here, it, it looks really streamlined right now. You know, just oh, nice the computer to like the television over there. Yeah, thanks, man. Nice, yeah, it's, man. it's like a little multimedia setup yeah. right now, and then that'll be like those boxes will all be gone. Those will that'll be all the books over there. Records will be in the other room. You know, it's it's working, but it's it's felt really good to to just because I got I I have a lot of stuff, and sometimes it can weigh down on you a little bit. And even though I still have a lot of stuff, it's it's not out. It, I can I feel like I can get by with less, and then now that I'm it's leading me into, into a, a purge that's yeah. coming as well. Well, that's good. I mean, sometimes when you don't dig all that stuff out, you don't realize how much you have. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure I've got in the back of my music room, I'm sure I've got like pedals and stuff that I've never even like taken out in the last year. Oh, or, dude, just having stuff in closets when yeah. you don't see it for a while. It's like, oh my God, I do have five giant boxes full of CDs that I haven't sold. Yeah. And that was after doing a big sell of those already. Right. But you know, I don't need that crap. No. Are you going to sell those CDs to that place? Isn't there a place now that actually buys CDs? I'm Well, so the last time I did it, I used this app called Declutter. Yes. With it's like d-e-c-l-u-t-t-r without the e-r without whatever. the e okay uh and anything they would buy any cd dvd and i want to say book that has a barcode any minimum i think 25 cents Jeez. So, yeah man it's really nice to just declutter you know just get rid of stuff and like clean up and start fresh starting fresh dude speaking of starting fresh it's summertime that's and, right and you know what summertime means festival season festival time there are two festivals from where we're sitting right now mm-hmm. in hearing distance mm-hmm. that's how crazy it is right now in the shy yeah what is it what is it west fest west fest and dark matters and dark uh, matters i don't know what they actually call it but they're dark matter fest yeah dark matter fest which just used to be a block party and now it's evolved it's into all this, day like, big corner thing and i saw the lineup tons of free stuff they're having and, like a zeppelin cover band played tonight. yep and they they always have yakuza who I, i'm a fan cool. of them, are you sure. gonna go check it out later you think i don't know if i'm gonna have time we're going to see uh we're going to see we're going to dinner at club lucky which is nice. awesome and yeah. then we're going to the bottle to see fox warren oh, i don't cool. know why i keep forgetting that name today it's a strange name it is and, it, and it's the name of the thing where foxes live is that what they call it? That's a Warren? What they call it. Hmm. Um, but so, yeah, I don't know. They're also, Fox Warren is playing West Fest tomorrow, so I will definitely be there. Oh, nice. You know, depending on how good they are tonight. I'll, we'll be there. Yeah. At some point. I mean, and, and when something is that close walking distance, I, I feel guilty not going. Not going. But the reason I bring it up, other than to brag about Festival all the awesome time. stuff going on right now, is what considerations should artists musicians guitar players etc take when playing an outdoor gig mm. versus playing an indoor gig are there any things that you would think about or, or try to prepare yourself for when you're going to play outside versus playing inside yeah i mean well number one's got to be weather right yeah I mean, oh right so you know bringing poncho maybe to throw over your amp or something Dude, I never, i've never done that i've never done it idea. either although i've only played a few outdoor gigs but i've never Never needed to, I guess. It's been, you know, like perfect outside. When I, played. I have played enough festivals. I've been, ra- I have been rained out in but a festival. But as fast before. as the rain's been coming down lately, where it yeah. just decides in within five minutes, it's pitch black outside. Dude, morning. I had uh, my. <laughs> we've talked about it before. I had that the the biggest size pedal train pedal board. Yeah. Volcanoes played a gig. It was uh, ultrasonic petting zoo or something like that. Okay. It was called ultraviolet petting zoo i don't remember it was some outdoor petting zoo fest in chicago okay. that trader put on yeah and uh which i actually have a funny story about that so we should maybe come back to it yeah but uh my that entire pedal board it it, it was straight up deluge while we, while we were playing that entire pedal board got douched in no huge, total crazy it was like so, a july storm completely yeah all the pedals survived somehow were you did you guys keep playing when it was raining or what happened No, we got we had to stop playing and then you just didn't get it covered up fast enough i didn't get it covered up fast wow. enough. yeah because you got to put that big like giant case on it. fucking flight case yeah man i mean think about it maybe just bring in like a couple garbage bags that are kind of just rolled up in your gig bag or something that's a great idea honestly like move. you know you've got your 
sort of emergency kit that bands should be yeah. bringing to shows. Yeah. And we've talked about some of that stuff before. Right. Maybe, yeah, throw us like a punch in there. You get a free one when you go to the local uh, minor league baseball game. Yep. Throw yep. it in, your, throw in your, your thing. That's a great that's a great suggestion. I didn't even thought about that. Oh, really? Well, where were you going to go with it? Where oh, I don't thinking? know, dude. I mean, I've got a couple ideas, yeah, but I, didn't I, have, I don't have like a, a blueprint. My, my outdoor experiences, I've only played a, maybe, you know, four or five times outside. Yeah. And uh, it's always been really nice. So you kind of just obviously check the weather before you go. Um, other than that, I mean, everybody knows the earlier show is going to be the tougher one to get people to come out to. You know, we've played at one in the afternoon yeah. oh, before yeah. on like a Sunday. And that's tough sometimes. Tough. Um, a couple things I've noticed for sure. Number one, the biggest problem that I've had and why I think tuner pedals have become uh, or, or remain something that people upgrade is the visibility on stage. Yes. I could not. Okay, I had a it was a Korg DT10. I remember okay. the first time I played outside. It was like the sort of large metal square, almost maybe a slight rectangle with like a small screen in the middle of it and a yeah. big like bi- true bypass stomp. And I could not see my tuner to tune on stage. So it has a tuner built into that pedal. That is a tuner pedal. Sorry. Oh, it is. That is okay. the name of the tuner pedal. But and the, the screen it's just is just a small. Bad, bad screen. It was just because with direct sunlight, there's yeah. almost no screen that you can see very well. So that's something that people do. And, and I would actually totally recommend you can build almost like a little cardboard visor that you right. put right in, just in front of the tuner pedal. I mean, granted, it's going to be hard to see the LEDs on any of your pedals mm-hmm. in direct sunlight um, especially if you're like a super sweet bro and wear shades on the stage as you're going to do because what else do you get to wear shades on stage I think everybody's got to wear them though you can't just have like one guy wearing oh, shades yeah. I, I think the, the whole band has got to get sweaty and start rocking out too much and they start they, flying they off because fly that's happening every single time it has to uh, that's a really good tip though that's something a people little, don't a think little about. hood for your tuner pedal will will make you feel way better really and, and, and guess what if you've got your fucking snark up there there's no chance that you're going to be able to see it like so. we talked about this on like episode one we shouldn't be gigging with snarks anyways nope. people Come we on. shouldn't do it buy, buy a tuner pedal um so i would say yeah think about that i also i would i would like to and, and i haven't actually ever acted on this but i'm here curious to hear what you think about it uh obviously tube amps put out way more heat right than solid state guitar amps yeah would you consider do you think it's a good idea to consider having like a like a solid state festival rig hmm. that you can deal with that won't overheat like tubes. Cause I have, I will actually no, this was an outdoor show, but I had, I played the Congress theater years ago and it was so hot in there. My tube amp overheated. I was going to ask you, could it, could an amp overheat? Oh hell yeah. I can. And especially outside in a you know, 90 degree day. And think about that. If you're playing in direct sunlight. Oh yeah. Well, I never thought about that, but and we, and we've kind of touched on this. I mean, you know, I know you're more on the, the technical side of these things, but like solid state amps for guitar in general. We like the JC one twenty around here. We like the JC so maybe get a JC one twenty. And I and, and I mean my Kemper solid state and that sounds yeah, pretty badass. Right. Granted that mine doesn't that doesn't have a power amp, but you could easily power it. You'd have to, yeah. But you're saying solid state has gotten a lot better. Yeah. For sure. So I think if you are in a position to do it and you're gonna be playing a lot of outdoor gigs. Maybe you still have your tube amp, but get one of those like little quilter or electro harmonics makes them just those little like they're basically the size of a pedal, but they're like a little solid state amp. Mm-hmm. Maybe you keep that in your rig. Oh, it's almost like a DI box type of thing, huh? Or no, it's still an amplifier. You can still run it into your cabinet. Oh wow! So then you just basically swap out your tube amp. Okay, so plug if you have like whatever, right? Okay. And then you've got a little redundant rig for maybe a hundred to two hundred bucks. That's not a bad. That's a really, really if you good idea. if you, I think if you're playing outdoors enough. Yeah. I mean, frankly, that's not a bad idea for any gigging musician. Well, I was going to say, just as a backup. Down, they used to have the great, the great, great, great power block thing. Yep, yep. Same idea. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, except that one's much bigger than the ones they have now with all the Class D technology. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, man. That's a really, really good. I mean, because most guitar players I've ever seen in the last 10 years, 90% of them are using tube amps, you know, I yeah. would say. Like most most gear guys and most guys that's who care thing. about tone um, who want that, you know, that kind of 70s, like loud, you know, a um, lot of you know Fender Twins and stuff like that on stage. Those things, are yeah. Well, especially hot. back lines, you're going to see Hot Rod Devilles all day long. Is it bad to like bring a fan? Maybe maybe have a fan blowing on the tube. That is not bad at all. That's, is that that's great? Did I read something about that could be bad because the tubes couldn't generate as hot as they need to get or something? No way. That's not possible, right? I mean, unless we're talking about like some fucking <laughs> like crazy Stranger Things fan or no, something. No, yeah, like I'm that. talking like <laughs> you know, like um, almost like even like one of those little school bus driver fans, you know, like dude. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would be. I mean, just getting the air if it clips on the back or something. Ab, ab, that's. I mean, a lot of 
the high power tube amps and a lot of bass amps right. have fans built in. Yeah, for my that exact bases reason. do. Right. Yeah. For that exact reason, because otherwise that shit gets real hot in there. Yeah. And I, I see, I've even seen guys get them installed on like, you know, 60s yep. amps and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Like yeah. Throw it in the SVT. Or I want to say my buddy Johnny had is uh, installed on a trainer. He's got oh, the yeah? trainer. The, the base. It's the basement. Yeah. Or not basement. Base master. Base master. Yeah. Not the uh, Maleco Ass Master pedal. He had, he had that for a while. Dude, those it's are one of my favorite overdrive pedals. That's ever. my that is my favorite bass overdrive. And I feel ever. like it gets overlooked on like the forums. People oh, be like, yeah. "What's the best overdrive well, pedal?" Dude, that's because what happened is they. I mean, that it's not like that was a completely original circuit, but yeah. everybody who makes a bass distortion pedal ripped that off. So right. like, you don't even need to get the Maleco anymore, especially because it's a big old box. It's big. It looks cool. Yeah, but like now paint. you can get it in a tiny little uh, you know clone box. I found that had a nice um, blend from like fuzz to overdrive too. Like exactly. it, it really did both. It's versatile. Very versatile. So I don't know. I that's I think a nice tip, man. That that those are like two a, great tips. That already. wasn't. That was. I wasn't really planning. And having a lot to say about that, but I was just thinking because we could hear the festival happening around us, we might as well. I mean, those are things that you really don't think about till you get to the gig. Like, will I be able to see the LEDs on my pedal board? It sucks. That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you can even you could even make little, just little like uh, you know quarter yeah. size half moon shades for each of your. How LEDs. would you make a, like? How would you go about making like a little hood for something like that? Like, I I mean, if it was me, I would just use cardboard. I was gonna say Maybe, or like construction paper and just tape if, it on if, whatever kind of paper you have yeah. really. But like, if you've got you know a. A sleeve of ham and it just kind of sits. cut the cut Ooh, the cardboard up we could make those and sell them we dude. could sell them or maybe get yourself a couple uh slider boxes a little white castle white castle that actually crave that that shape that might there. be perfect it might be it might, and then plus you get some uh, tasty delicious onion burgers and then you say, get to shit your brains out after the heat, show when that right heat's kicking the right under the <laughs> right under the the onions and the you get the grease down there it's gonna smell great dude cappy brought me a few i um because i've got um not sliders, but the boxes, because I've got this little uh, homemade amp that I made. The fr- I w- Brad and I took an amp making class a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, I think I might have seen that. It's cardboard. Or no, something? it's a, I've got it. Um, so I've got a mastery bridge on my Jazz Master, and the mastery bridge comes in like a uh, cylinder tube, metal tube kind of thing. So I just like, and it happened to be the right size, so I just like cut it and put it in there. But I, I thought it would be funny to put it in a slider box, dude. Like because a friend of mine, Rick Cruz, shout out Rick Cruz, makes Cruz amps, and mm-hmm. he makes like Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick and a bunch of people have used wow. it. He makes real size guitar amps that look like White Castles. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it would be funny to actually make a, a practice amp one. So Cappy brought me some Dude, of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do that. We're gonna do an episode on that, man. That'll be really. Cool. I mean, the amp is made already. I just have to literally just like cut out a little circle for the get it into and the pop bo- it in there. That's it. Get it into the to the crave case. Yeah nice man no not dude it's a small one right no it's the individual but ones. but but my you could idea do one with is that if i case. Uh, dude if do i do a 210 or well, something <laughs> <laughs> that or that that's a great idea too i was thinking you know once i like patent this idea and start selling them For then sure. i could sell to like guitar center a crave case full of of those of slider amps. oh like that could be the promotional thing dude. that's a promo that's, and that's how you that yeah that's the the, the pos point of service display uh, Dude, I love fucking it. Fucking just leave it out in the crave case, right I'm there. I'm in, man. And uh, but maybe like have Mark or somebody like make the graphics like slightly twisted somehow, yeah. where it like looks the same, but also like maybe it's like somebody somebody on acid kind of skew the logo them. and exactly, stuff. Exactly, yeah. Kind of trippy. Exactly, that could be really cool. But uh, you know, if I decide to make a, a mini amp business, yeah, that's my or or idea. or shields for LEDs for pedals, pedal pedal shields, pedal shields. There it is. It just we, I mean, we just get, we're giving all Trade of our market. ideas away. We are. That's what this is for. Though. That's what it's for. It's for all you people. If somebody comes out with those ideas before we do, that's more power to you, man. So, uh, oh, before we get into the what I think could be a fun thing to talk about, which is more rock and roll movies. Love it. Uh, I did want to. I did want to touch back on. Uh, what I would like to make a recurring segment in the podcast, which is uh, shouting out our friends' bands. Yes. And the other night I went and saw a friend's band at the bottle and I figured, and I, and we had a good, good uh, gear chat. So I figured might as well shout them out. Yeah. Let's Camp talk. dogs. Camp dogs from Chicago, Illinois. Although All right. I, I believe their singer is she, I think she's actually from Oklahoma originally, Okay, but um, it features members of bands such as wax on radio and oh. sons who are my old roommates and it's now they're they've now got this band camp dogs which is signed to cursive's label and they just they did a huge tour with them this past winter um they're real tight with those guys and i just i mean even if they weren't my friends i would be a fan of this band dude. yeah they are really good they like just the singer she has this amazing voice i think she actually writes a lot of this stuff too cool and it says a lot when mike russell who is probably the best singer i've known personally in my life when he doesn't sing because there's someone that's so good in the band, mm-hmm. I, I mean that says a lot. He takes a back seat. He does, and and he play. You know, Mike's a great musician. He plays a lot of different stuff, 
and in fact he was telling me about uh he's got this guitar rig set up right now where it's like um he's got two separate independent loops with like a bunch of different effects in there each one has like delays and distortions and stuff so we can just like switch one into the other or whatever but actually wow. uh, live for this show and he's a great guitar player he, he played drums oh cool uh, because their their drummer who was in chin up chin up uh for some reason couldn't make it wow so he just stepped in and played drums he's yeah what a musician. i think he's i think he he might have done drums on one of their tours before and, mm-hmm. and has I, I don't know if it was a full tour or whatever but i know he has played drums live for them before they do a lot of cool stuff with like synths and effecty guitars and pedals and all that kind of stuff and nice. it was like dancing all around and it was interesting to see because i mean it was what uh june 3rd the night before or july june july, july 3rd, 3rd yeah night before the 4th of July is not necessarily like a big party night in the city of Chicago. People have left, gone to the lake house, all that. Yeah. The the city clears out. Yeah. Yeah. But at empty bottle was still pretty, pretty full. I was, I was pretty impressed with it, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil this movie for you, but I saw a rock and roll movie. Oh, I saw yesterday, dude. Okay. Wait, before we, Uh, do you want to talk about it? I think I want to talk about it. Okay. I want to hear about it, but I want you to know first and maybe you can cushion it a little bit for me. I've been really excited to see this movie. Oh, I was since I the was, previews came out in like March. I've been excited to see this movie. I was dying to see. It. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna. Impl- I'm not gonna influence you at all. But I'm a huge Beatles fan. I mean, I know. So am I. Okay. So I, I think we are equally as huge Beatles fans. So the premise, just from the trailer, yeah. I got really excited because I go, "What, what a do cool- you think the premise is? The premise is a guy. You know, he gets in the bike rack. He wakes up. He he realizes that the Beatles have never existed except he knows the songs in his head." essentially right and like so it's what the world would be like if they never existed then he then he starts performing their songs and then he gets famous through that right and he's in and he is already a songwriter before yeah the wreck yeah right? he was yeah he was like in failing like pop bands and stuff like that right more yeah. or less yeah yeah so i'm i don't i don't really want to talk about it too much because i know you haven't seen it yeah. i'm not gonna spoil anything or whatever what the reason i want to first of all i was gonna say i'm I, i'm glad i saw it in the theater because the fact is it's still a shitload of even though I didn't really like it. Yeah. There's a shitload of Beatles music yep. and it's awesome. Do they use the, the actual tracks or is it just him playing the songs? It's re 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 recording. And that's kind of part of the story. Yeah. Okay, cool. The reason I want to talk about this yeah. is because we were in Colorado and, uh, as we know, uh, Colorado has legalized marijuana. They so do. Obviously, oh, they do. <laughs> so obviously we're going to, I mean, it's what law abiding. You're going to get high and go to this Beatles. You're going to get high and go to this Beatles movie. Also, we're, Actually, the plan was in the town we were staying in that night, they were supposed to have uh, at the amphitheater there a screening of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And oh, I was wow. like, well, I can't escape Chicago no matter where the hell. Yeah, I know. That's really funny. It, was, it rained that night. Uh-huh. We'd done this like big old, it was, I think that was the wilderness hike day. Oh, okay. Uh, and then and then we were going to see that, but then it, it was raining real bad. So we're like, we got some emp- empanadas. Nice. And oh, God, there was this total douchey dude there, like super white dude. Yeah. And, and like didn't say any other Spanish words, but like, very over no overpronounced churro churro oh <laughs> cultural appropriation <laughs> and he just seemed like a total fucking asshole. yeah anyways that's great so get these empanadas mm-hmm. and 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 the churro and then get stoned to go to this movie and like i'm not one to brag but i can usually handle myself Dude, i mean pretty well in life we don't right? have to get into it you know if right. like our parents listen to this <laughs> but like we've, we've been known to have a joint or two i've had a, the, i've might i might have had a left-handed cigarette at some point in my yeah. life but I, so I wasn't too worried about it. Right. I, I'd been to Colorado numerous times, smoked legally, whatever. Of course. So I took maybe like four or five hits. Okay. You were like, yeah, let's go deep because like, it's a not, two hour no, movie. Not even deep four or five hits. I was like, that's like average. Yeah. Like that's normal. Okay. We had like, it was a pre-rolled J. It was right. not big. Right. Do you know what strain it was? It was birthday cake. Oh, that's supposed to be like the Cannabis Cup winner or something. Oh, really? Last, like two years. We yeah. talked to the dudes for a while. They were really cool in there. Actually, yeah, they, were, cool. they were talking about the growing and because it was the growers that we were talking oh, to. Oh, cool. So we sit down, you know, we get, we get, we, st- we get up, we get up to the counter to try to order some like beverages or whatever. Yeah. And this is when I start to notice things aren't quite right. It's fully kicked in. No, it is not fully kicked in. <laughs> it is kicking in at this point. We sit down in our seats and I got fucked up, dude. Really? I was like, I don't want to incriminate anybody I may have been with, but uh, so I won't say any names. Yeah. But I turned to the person next to me. And I was basically like, I might have to get out of here. <laughs> freaking out, man. I was freaking out. Dude. I, was, I was like, in my mind, the process I was going through mm-hmm. was basically trying to remind myself how to act like a person. Yeah. I was like, okay, 
what, what do people do right yeah, now? Yeah, like, where's my hand sitting right now? Like, How are okay, my legs crossed? All right, I'm slouching. I should sit up a little bit. Where do my legs go? I guess my legs That's go right spot. here. They need to be right angles. Oh, my God. Ooh, I've got these hands. Where should my hands right? go right now? I'm going to put those together in my lap. Yep. How do I hold my, my soda pop? <laughs> now, it was so bad, is, Give me a little background. Was it a pretty crowded theater? It was it was a it was a Sunday evening and it was rainy in a place where so probably a, a lot of people like to hike and stuff. So yeah. it was fairly crowded. Yeah. I think most people there were there to see Toy Story Four. Okay, but I would say you know at least fifty percent full. Yeah, but in my mind, every single person in this goddamn theater knew exactly how fucked up. Wow, that was. I haven't Look felt that way gaper. since like college, man. Dude, that's what I said since I was a goddamn teenager. Yeah, right. It's not like I was like ripping ten foot bongs off the mm-hmm. roof or something. It was a couple hits on a Jeez. joint. It knocked me out. Granted, we're also at you know nine thousand feet so yeah, there's a probably bit a little bit it, yeah. of that a little yeah. touch of that but uh at a certain point i finally i mean the the person sitting next to me was like you could tell that something was You're going very on and like right was now. kind of like you know <laughs> calming me a little bit and once i realized that i wasn't gonna die i was like wait a second yeah i did this on purpose this was to make this movie better right <laughs> right <laughs> see so so then once i kind of forced myself to accept that and just like and then the previews started and i was able to yeah just like i was gonna myself. ask you like if the if the previews aren't going yet if it's just like those little Dude, screens that say like turn off your and cell they were phone repeating and Dude, it was driving me insane that, yeah that'll do it i think once the preview started once the movie starts i can be like okay i can focus. The lights go down but if you can't focus on anything it gets it gets i don't real know scary. if they really fit tan grandparents just next to me or uh, are like judging me you, you know, start thinking about, about like them. you can hear people eating popcorn really loud and like like crinkling like crinkling sound or, oh, or i could dude. i was like oh wait i've got all this water right here i should drink that there's dr pepper gonna yeah. drink some of that too see i thought you were uh, gonna say you did like an edible or something because that i've had some really freak outs on edibles totally dude. which is yeah, a way different high than, than that's what i'm it. saying it was just a joint and i was like i felt Dang, like a, i felt like a teenager experimenting you must have talked time. those guys up good because they must have thought you could handle your shit or something i, I don't man. think so i think we had just like a pretty average conversation wow. and, I was, and we're just like give us some average uh Jeez, marijuana man you know i when i was in amsterdam i was i was purposely getting like um I was asking for like the half rolls. Mm-hmm. So they're like half tobacco spliffs. Yeah. Spliffs. And, um, and we would even smoke like maybe one or two hits and just put it back in those plastic containers totally. and like take it with us or whatever. Yeah. And that seems like the way to go. Cause I was like, I that's know exact, I, that's I exactly can go off, situation. man. Like if I do too much, I can definitely go deep. Well, dude, Amsterdam, especially when you're sitting in those coffee shops and dude, you're surrounded no by smoke English. All, all around you. I get, I get over and you're drinking espresso usually, or, or like coffee, having a, having a tasty beverage. I, I had an espresso every time I we went to a coffee shop. It was just like, and with a little cookie There's uh, what are they called? That's like a that's uh, like a there's poor a, man speedball or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. There's, oh, a, there's a term for that, dude. It worked. But this one night, actually, like one of the first nights we were there, we had to walk back to our hotel and we kind of forgot like which way to turn. And you know, all the signs are in Dutch, and it's I mean, you know, and then I see like this group of people speaking a language coming at me that I don't know, and I'm like freaking out, man. Like we got to get back to the hotel. Yep. Um, they know I'm still alive. We made it, but it's funny. well, I'm glad you made it out. So I barely did. Um, if if you could go back to the movie like for just this last bit, you know, out of ten, what would you give it? I would give the first act an eight Mm -hmm. and I would give the second act a six and a half and Mm -hmm. I would give the third act a four. See, this is, this is what I was afraid of. Movies have this tendency to have a really good idea and then I don't know if they go to writer's rooms and dude, it was Danny Boyle. Somebody shits all over this thing, but like that happens so often. It's, it was, they had a wonderful concept and and the way that they they started to lay it out, I was in, man. I was, mm-hmm. and plus, like, it's the fucking Beatles. So when he starts singing yesterday, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's good. I cried anyway. Yeah, it's it doesn't beautiful. matter, right? But then, I mean, and that's like kind of a part of the thing in the movie too. But uh, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. I don't want to Im- impact you. Maybe you're gonna love it, but I yeah. and I and I went. But that's part of it. Is I went in with really high expectations yeah. because the Beatles music is so important. But I will also quickly add. And I would like to talk about some more movies because I feel like this is a good conversation. Sure. There, there was a trailer for another one that's coming out soon. Okay. And it is built around the boss. Ooh, like a biopic. I, I don't think so. It, it looked like basically. Um, or a story. My understanding was of the trailer is that it was like a kid in India who discovers Bruce Springsteen's music, and it really speaks to him during. Oh. I think it was mid to late seventies, I guess. Okay. Uh, and then he sort of like 
kind of takes on the persona of the boss, dresses like him a little bit, and I believe inspires him to come to the U.S. Oh, cool. Uh, so it, it as as someone, I, I'll say that even as someone that like doesn't give any shits about Bruce Springsteen's music, really, I didn't want to be rude, but no, I, I it's probably one of my most my least popular opinions is that I think the Bruce Springsteen thing is overrated. Regardless, if you love him, that's cool. I do like I that. It. I'm on fire song. I do. That's that's the, my, that is the best Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, uh, probably vampires used to cover that. Oh, that's a cool one. And there's like no chorus in that song. It just goes in like a straight line. Ooh, yeah. I'm on fire. And then it just kind of ends. I love that song. It's like two minutes long. It's a shorty. It's a great song. A great great song. karaoke song if you really don't want to get up there and uh, belt it. One time, uh, probably Vampires went and did karaoke and our singer was like, well, I already sing the song live. I'm going to do it. And it was in a different key and he couldn't do oh, it. Oh, that's it was hilarious. Like way higher or that's like so that. funny. So, but anyways, um, yeah. you've been, you've been watching a bunch of rock docs. Dude, lately. I don't know what happened, man. Um, I've, I've got a, a nice collection of like, you know, hard drives with movies on them and, and things. And I've got a lot of rock documentaries. Purely legal hard drives. All legal. Yeah. All paid for. Um, and I mean, I've been, I've been collecting them since like, you know, 2010 or something. So there's a lot that go way back. Um, and I, so I went on this kick where I've just kind of been working on my laptop and then I just have like a rock doc in the background. Mm-hmm. And I think I texted you one day and I'm like, I'm watching Metallica, some kind of monster. That's right. Which. Wow. Crazy fireworks. Going yeah. On that might've picked up listeners. At That's home. cool. <laughs> we are not being bombed right now. I, I hope. Um, Although, and actually Natalie and I were just talking about this. If you wanted to commit a bomb centric crime, 4th of July is the time to do it. So my buddy who just moved in was at that Burger King right there. Oh yeah. And he was like, he saw two cops and he's like, Hey, you know, like, you know, whatever, just kind of shooting the shit with them and like, appreciate you guys, whatever. And he, and they go, they go, yeah, this is our favorite time of year. It's called, is it a firework or a gunshot? Yeah. And like, and that goes on for like a week, you know? So I've lived in this neighborhood for a long time. This is the, the chillest it has ever yeah. been around. Yeah, here. it is chill. I mean, 4th of July was going off like ham, but it wasn't till like two the in the morning di- this time. No, again. it wasn't until two in the morning. And normally it's the whole week before and the mm-hmm. whole week after. I agree. And really, I heard I heard some on the third, of course, and we're obviously hearing them now because it's the weekend after. But it was nothing compared yeah. to what it, it, it has been before. I don't know if that's like some sort of concerted effort the uh, law enforcement's making, or if people just bought less. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Did they say? I mean, fireworks are illegal in Illinois, right? Most fireworks, technically, are illegal, yeah, yeah, except for like sparklers and right, snakes exactly. and shit like that. Smoke yeah. bombs. I think I've still got some bottle rockets left from like years ago in like an old cooler up, you know, in my bedroom or something. Yeah. Break them out every once in a while from the roof. Shoot them off on the Shoot a couple little bottle rockets. It's kind of fun. So what have you been watching, man? So, well, the one I don't, I've been watching a lot, man. I, I don't know if you got the list pulled up there, but I literally probably watched a dozen in like the last like. Let's talk about Dig because that's one of my favorite ones. Yes. Okay. Dig is the story of uh, the Dandy Warhols and it, it runs parallel and with, with the Brian Jonestown massacre. Yes. Who is truly the interesting story in this one. It's, it's the dichotomy of the two bands working at the same time is is comical like it's because one band is kind of like selling out and doing like they're they're really trying to like make it a profession the other guys think they're and that's the dandies and then the the brian jonestown especially like antoine they're like lead guy he basically he's like anton newcomb anton who's still alive by the Mm -hmm. way i googled him and he he looks like um neil young now or something he's got those big mutton chops but he basically these guys thought they were rock stars before they ever even were i mean there's there's a scene where they have a showcase at the viper room and they get into a fight on stage fight on stage like literally a, a fist fight on stage there's 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 a part where he kicks a he kicks an audience member in the head i mean it's if, if you guys have never seen dig because i think it's kind of under the radar as far as yeah. or you might have forgotten about it because totally. it came out about you know 15 years i remember ago. i still have the there's a it's a double disc dvd oh yeah i don't know i don't even remember why yeah. the second disc what it's on there. i wonder if it's all just like bonus stuff yeah. yeah probably that's the thing i kind of went and i was like well i should go listen to some like brian jonestown massacre now yeah the music isn't as good Which as the documentary i liked man. the dandies back when i was like at high school and stuff well with bohemian like yeah you or whatever that was yep. like, that was like that record tune. yeah but like i don't really i've as for as much as i've loved that documentary i've never really liked either of those bands all no, that much you know? but the doc was so intimate and uh, man it was you know the band basically the the one band's just breaking up constantly the yep. brian's jonestown massacre and then they get back together exactly and then like at one point he talks to the guy and they get him a record deal and they're like yeah we'll buy you a house and let you just like record in and there. he fucks it up he does nothing he there's no furniture it's just like smack everywhere yep. and people like laying on mattresses on the floor and it's just really like a flop house Dude, here's crazy. the thing i and think this is probably the thing with all of these documentaries in some way do you think that all of that would have happened as it did if there hadn't constantly been cameras in their faces. Yeah. Um, 
I think, think that he, they still would have self imploded. Yeah, and, I think that escalates it for sure. But I think if you're crazy, you're crazy. And what actually fascinates me is how they have that many cameras going. Cause like now we all have cell phones with cameras mm-hmm. on them, but back then you had to have like a camcorder, Big clunky honking things. Yeah. Or like maybe they had handy cams coming right, out. Maybe, like maybe it, but that, they didn't have the budget late nineties. No, those were expensive as hell. And they didn't, you know, so it's kind of neat to see that old footage. And I wonder that if they're used to those cameras being there or if they kind of escalate it because they're there, maybe it's both, yeah. you know, but also, I mean, certainly the alternate argument could be made that we wouldn't be talking about them right now if they didn't have those cameras in their face either. Yeah. You know, I was actually talking about, about this the other night with somebody and th- we were saying do you bring the camera knowing that do you film everything you do from like the age of 14 and let's say you're like because i watched the amy winehouse one which i didn't i, didn't I have not that seen list. that one yet it's really good it's obviously sad yeah. um but it's really good which she she was so talented man like she really had one of the best voices ever especially at the time like jazz vocals wasn't like a popular thing right. at the time and um what was interesting about it is they have footage from her being like 13 years old like like home footage like people just carrying cameras around and like following her around and being in the being in cars and vans and at band practices to to bring those cameras around don't you kind of already think like wow this person must be really confident in what they're doing cuz you're you're kind right. of documenting all totally. this because you know that you're going to be successful one day. Yeah, if your kid's just some schmuck who's, I mean, maybe you'll maybe you'll bring the camera around if you're that kind of person. Right. But did you ever have cameras around? I mean, we're the same age. Like, did you ever have cameras around when you were in bands? Uh, definitely not when I was in bands. Maybe no. for like football or something. Right. You know? But that's the thing. If they had to do a documentary, like, say you just got famous like tomorrow, Dude. they would have no footage of you playing or old even bands. Pictures. Like, you think about yeah. the proliferation of digital cameras. Like, there are a crap ton of pictures of me when i'm a baby up until like a little kid yeah. and then there's just this like complete empty void other than like my baseball or football pictures until i'm yeah 19 or like you know class photos and stuff right like exactly that. if i even still have those yeah around. and i wonder too if they're like when they put these documentaries together if they find people who have all this stuff and like bring all these people together because you know you'll hear them they're like we searched through you know 40 hours of like video to like yep. compile all this and stuff Dude, like my sister just sent me a picture it was uh she's a year younger than i am and it was her 20 year grade school reunion because mm-hmm. us catholic school kids do stuff like weird stuff like that and go and to she them. went and she went i didn't go to mine she went to hers <laughs> yeah. and her the one of her biggest regrets in life is that she doesn't have a photo of her favorite halloween costume mm-hmm. which is and now this is going to be, the, I'm tell, I'm calling it right now, this is going to be the picture that we're using for episode nine right here because it's my little sister. She's probably like, I mean, seriously, like eight or nine years old, dressed up as Mike Ditka with the mustache, slick back hair, bear sweater on. And, and that's everything. before it was like a hipster thing to totally. do. Totally. She yeah. just thought, because my dad was a huge fan, we were a Bears wow. fan. She thought it was the coolest thing. So, and she, because she went, yeah. she got the picture no, that she cool. hasn't had. So that was worth was it. Then. So it was worth it. And now that's what we're going to use for episode nine is my sister. With, oh, uh, definitely, man. Just, just to it. make, because I guarantee she doesn't listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I want her to accidentally see that picture. We're also going to use that cardboard piece that we found when we were moving your stuff the other day. What cardboard piece? That had, a, you wrote a bunch of oh things on the cover of it. And I won't spoil it, but we have to use that for something too, because that's, come on, man. What do you got to lose? Speaking of eight or nine year old, maybe 10, I don't know what was going on with me at that time. Well, you liked a lot of stuff. I liked a lot of stuff and I wrote it all on the case (laughs) for, you know what that the box, the box is for a glass chess set. Oh, well, there you go. Because that's the kind of nerd that I was. Because yeah. Well, um, and I wrote up. like Metallica and Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the that was the range of what was written. Oh, there's there. a way larger range, including the three tenors and MC Light. Yeah, yeah, and NWA. So random, man. And the Black Flag logo. Anyways, let's not spoil too much of it. Yeah, no, we'll, um, we'll show that. So, dig. Everybody yeah. should watch that. Everybody one should because watch it. It is riveting. I don't know if it's on any of the services right now. I haven't man. seen it on anything a long you time. You know what's funny? There were a few. Um, the other I didn't write on there um, was I had a copy from a long time ago of Wilco. Of I'm trying oh, to break I heart. also sold that my copy of that. Do you know I looked amazing. for it and like just to see if like it was on you know Netflix or whatever Amazon one guy was selling a DVD for $700 on Amazon. What? Yeah. Dude, I sold that DVD for probably like five bucks. I'm sure you could go on eBay and probably find like a bootleg version, but like, man, so if you have copies of it, people out there and you want to get, make some money, you can sell your copy. I think we've got a lot of, a lot of these recommendations we can give. We can give, I am proposing, recurring weekly segment where we yeah. each talk about one of our favorite rock and roll movies i love it yeah yeah because i don't want to go through the whole list of everything i've got today. no absolutely not um if i could speak on one more please though, do um the other one that was really impactful and i did I, I paid for this one through their website um they had a short time and i don't know if you can still get it um but the death from above 1979 i did died. watch that Have one also I, I also bought that on yeah because you could buy and dude i was so pumped because i was on their email list or whatever and they're like buy this doc and i was like definitely dude, before it. we get too far into it yes 
Jesse, bass player, yes. wears these sunglasses in that documentary. At the, towards the end? Yeah. No, I think even towards the beginning. It's There's like, like, they're tinted. Like, yeah, they're like, I think there might orange. be like Prada or something like that. Yeah. I am not like a, a, a big, giant, fancy sunglasses guy. I want those sunglasses. Maybe we'll find you a pair. So bad. Yeah, they, we'll find them and then pay like a thousand dollars. They kind of reminded me a little bit of like those Elvis sunglasses. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. But not yes. as like, not as like Dude, fakey, like, I'm so glad you know which looking. ones I'm talking about. Yeah. I want those. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah, and they have like a yellow lens in them or something, or yeah. like an orange lens. But they they're they're definitely like fancy. Yeah, we should find them. They're like probably like old. yeah Chanel or something. Exactly. Yeah, like vintage Chanel. But that 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 doc is so pretty badass. Yeah, that doc is. Um, to sum up that one, the things I really took away from that. Wait, was, did we even say it's about death death from above? So yeah, so the, so the movie's called Life After Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine. It's it's about the band and kind of how they started, um, until they basically broke up in two thousand and seven and then they got back yes. together for the austin show in 2011 right. and that's when those kids like hit a riot yeah and they played and they for played like a, one minute songs they, they yeah they played like that, half a song yeah. and they they kids broke the fence down and the cops came and um th- th- that's how the movie opens it's just so cool w- the thing the big takeaway for me was in a two-piece band um what was really interesting about that was somebody's talking and they're like you know it's a lot different than being in a four-piece band or a five-piece band where you know say you're tired of the singer you can go hang out with the drummer or you're tired of the drummer you can go hang out with the bass player they had nobody else to hang out that with but themselves and they had to play night after night they went out on a crazy touring schedule i think they they toured for like 300 days or something like ridiculous That's like insane. that they played like 600 shows in two years or, or three There's years no escape no escape and they were super popular and everybody loved them and they got everything they wanted but they kind of didn't like each other they right. actually they didn't like each they other didn't they didn't talk for a while no and then they didn't talk for like four years i want to say i think i think we should be careful in this one yeah uh and if people haven't seen these movies yeah maybe we can we can talk about it as much as we want but also let's try to avoid deep spoilers yeah no no you know what I'm saying? yeah definitely um i mean i I'm feel not. like we've kind of both spoiled everything that we've been talking about so far a <laughs> yeah little bit. except for yesterday i really went out of my way not to yeah no that, because that's a movie currently in theater yeah in theater well yeah this has been out a couple years but yeah i mean most people if you're a fan of them you do know that they like broke up for a while and they yeah, got back together truth. so definitely check it out um the mu- i mean the the that that's is, another thing you want to talk about gear you think for about, a second oh dude yeah <sighs> coolest gear ever and it's but it's like not but mm, it is it's all like cheap it it was cheap now i'm sure it's very like he expensive play, because he plays those pv heads those in the pv heads that like you can't find so he has yeah. probably a dozen of them sitting yeah. because they keep breaking and shit with those weird like horn tweeter he has the cabs. folded cabs yeah and which don't even sound good no but, like, they sound horrible they work for that yeah they're good for like recording but yeah like a lot they don't project rickenbacker forward. plays the rickenbacker is it a 4003 or a one uh, it's the one it's because it's a 70s mm-hmm. it's like a off-white 70s it's all faded so cool um, and then he has a black one later in the yeah. movie too. Um, but now he plays a Jack Dan Ar- Lowe, now he plays a Dan Armstrong uh, acrylic, yeah, Lucite, yeah, um, which is kind of the Keith Richards guitar. Which it is. is I watched three Rolling Stones docs. We can get into those next week. <laughs> um, I've been I've been obsessed, man, and I'm I have no plans on stopping. Um, Why would you? It's just it's perfect kind of stuff to have on in the background it's inspiring for like talks like oh, this absolutely and um and i love looking at all the gear i did that when i was packing i um i put on rolling thunder review mm-hmm. the new bob dylan uh martin Scorsese. yeah i watched a little bit of that i watched about half of it i also watched about half did of you it. love it i didn't love it i didn't either dude it's not it's not a documentary though is the, no. is the issue more it, of a it's, show it's it's what is it? i can't remember the exact title it's like uh, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese. Right. So then when you go and and read about it, it turns out so I I'm sure you saw the guy that was supposedly the like German like director, I'm air quoting right now, mm-hmm. uh dude who like was the one sort of documenting everything back then. That was a made up person. Like he's a real guy really? and he was around, but that he, he's not that. Wow. Um the like record label. He was like an actor or something. He's an act of? yeah, he was acting. That was that was made wow. up. Uh there there's like a uh, I think he became he was supposedly became like later became the head of CBS records and a couple he was like he was some higher up guy who I'd never heard of before and he talked about it like he was kinda like the one putting the whole show on. That was all fabricated. He was he really did work in that industry but that was all made up yeah um there was some stuff with oh the whole sharon stone thing that was i didn't even get that far I don't that think. was made up completely what did they say about sharon stone she was in it 
and she talks about going to see the Rolling. So to take a step back, this is 1976. Bob Dylan had kind of been out of the public eye for a while. Yep. Then he decides to make this sort of like traveling circus review. Thing really weird. And a bunch of his artist buddies, Joan Baez, Alan Ginsberg. Yeah. Uh, you know, just people from poets, that crew, yeah. poets and, and musicians, beat writers uh, to like take the show on the road. And right. I mean, it's still a tour, but it was kind of more of like a hootenanny type mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. And uh, so this is what's going on then. Apparently it comes to wherever Sharon Stone is from somewhere outside of Pittsburgh or something like that. And the story that she tells is that she's, you know, 19 and her mom was a big Bob Dylan fan. So she brought her the show. And then apparently I didn't know this, but Sharon Stone and Bob Dylan actually like maybe dated at some point. Oh, wow. But they claim like she claims that this is like when they met. Dang, but Bob. Um, there's actually no evidence that that actually happened. And she was 17 at the time and not 19. Mm. So there's a lot of weird stuff. I didn't I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm a big enough Bob Dylan fan to really love yeah. the, the movie. I don't like I that I am era, enough though. of a Scorsese fan yeah. where I felt like I had to watch it, and I probably will finish it. He's done it. a ton of... He did a, a bunch of Stones ones, too. Right, exactly. Um, like Shine a Light, I think. Shine a Light he did, and he did an earlier one, too. Um, oh, he did? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I forget which one. I'd have to look it up, but I think it was Ladies and Gentlemen, maybe, which that is just... A, it's a live performance, but that's shot really cool. Um, and I was going to say, if you, if you do want a good Bob Dylan doc, the two that I would recommend is Don't Look Back, or um, which is like his 66 era, mm-hmm. um, or No Direction Home, which is kind of more like the whole story of Bob Dylan. I will, I would, I would watch both of those. I really yeah. liked, um, I like that early, like 60s Bob the, Dylan. Um, really cool. What's the movie where all the different people played him, including, uh, where they played him? Yeah, where all the different actors and actress, what's her face? I don't uh, think I've seen it. Being, being there, not being there, uh, I think that's a Wilco thing. Is it being there? I don't know. It was in. It was a big theatrical release. And what's her? God, why can't I think of her name? Kate Blanchett played yeah. Bob Dylan for part of it. Really? It's like the different eras are all different actors. I haven't seen that. Dude, it's really kind of. It's a it fresh was, idea. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was probably like ten years ago or yeah. something. At least it came out. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of Bob Dylan uh, film out there. It turns out there's, there's a lot of movies out there. Uh, yeah, he's 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 got quite a few. Um, and he's not that interesting of a guy when you're like really watch him. A lot of what I've noticed from movies, like especially the '60s era of Bob Dylan, he had a he didn't have a when they weren't interviewing him. It was a lot of footage of just him sitting around and smoking, and like he always had these entourages of people like following him around and like saying yes to everything he thought of and like kind of just kissing his butt. You well, because he became the superstar. And yeah. he was the voice of a generation. And, yeah, and then he subverted that at newport which incidentally jim mersey owner of the the black strat owns the sunburst strat that bob dylan played at newport right when he went electric wow which like, that's really cool that's super cool the judas strat i feel like that was a really tight sewed man yeah i did like we, it did we get through everything yeah did we do enough time oh i think we did enough time i did feel good what? about it man all right all right that was a good one